Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of JavaScript Jabber. Today on our panel, we have Amy Knight. Hello, back from Nashville. Steve Edwards. Hello from Portland. AJ O'Neill. Yo, 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 coming at you live from Cloudy Pleasant Grove. And our very special guest, Ben Farrell. Hi, Ben. Hello. I guess I should say where I'm from, too. It's Oakland, California. Nice to meet you. Great to meet you as well. And I forgot to mention where I'm coming from. I'm coming from Tel Aviv, where, like I said to, to the panel before, winter has finally arrived and it's a really cold 70 degrees here. But it is raining, so it is winter. At least it counts as winter in Parody. Anyway, so Ben, today we want to talk with you about various things, I think, but more, uh, most significantly about web components, because I believe you've written a book about it. I have, but yeah. You, yeah, before we begin about that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, let's let's start with this weather thing. I am a transplant to California, and it's around 50 degrees here, so a little colder than Tel Aviv. But I'm totally a wimp now because I'm from the East Coast. I'm usually I'm usually better in the cold weather than this, and 50 degrees is nothing. But now I'm just a wimp, so I feel cold. Anyway, my name is Ben Farrell. I, I'm a prototyper at Adobe. So we, we work in that like middle ground between design and development, and you know, bring designs to life and see how they fare in the. In the like as an actual product. So that's what I do for a living. On the side, I explore lots of things. And lately it's just been a lot about web components. So I've been you know, presenting on web components. I've been blogging about them and it culminated in me writing a book last year on like these standards that make up web components. So I'm really happy that it's in my tool belt now so I can explore like lots of different technologies all with using you know, web components as the basis. So that's kind of where my head is right now. Hey folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Cool. And I've just posted the link to the book so our listeners can find it in the show notes. Yeah, I should mention so- it's Manning Press, by the way, Manning Publications. Mm-hmm. Web components in action. So, yeah, Amy. I was gonna say, I want to like, I want to start off by asking a question because I, I don't know. Whenever I feel like web components still get a bad rap and people mm-hmm. kind of like turn their noses up. Yeah. So before, like, before we get started and possibly lose listeners, <laughs> in, in your best sixty seconds, why should people listen to the remainder of this episode? Why? What's different about web components now? You know, we're like almost 2021 that people should be interested. Well, for me, web components have finally gotten to the point where it's not it's not exciting for me anymore because it's a stable technology. Before I was excited about web components because they were kind of emerging, like the browsers didn't support them. You needed these wacky polyfills. There was all sorts of different directions people were taking with them. And if you were developing with them like prior to last year, maybe two years ago, it was kind of a mess. And that's just how standards work. So as things have come together, it's a lot more stable of a picture and something you can use now. So to me, it's just like web components are kind of boring now. It's 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 the stuff that people are building with web components that's exciting. So that's my take on, you know, why if you had a bad taste in your mouth about web components before, you should give them a second look. Cool. I love hearing that things are boring. That's exciting to me. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I when agree. when a technology gets boring, when commits stop going in, when the project <laughs> is stale because it's complete, 
That's a great I mean, time. There's there's goodies on the horizon to enhance this thing, but I think no, 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 no. Are... Don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was getting bought into the idea that this was something usable and practical. I'm just trying to have it both ways, dude. <laughs> okay, but go go ahead. What's exciting on the horizon? I'll just close my ears. No, I mean it's I mean lit element is this helper library that's that's really taken hold of for web components development. Um, so there's there's helper library. There's there's upcoming specs. There's like adopted style sheets that are actually in Chrome now. There's HTML templating where you can like it's not HTML templating. It's basically you can you can put an entire like shadow root in your markup without even having to write any JavaScript. So that's on the horizon as well. On the horizon as well, uh, you should be able to import CSS as like ES modules soon. So there's a whole bunch of things to make the experience better. But I feel like it's really stable right now. Yeah, but we we mentioned a lot of technical terms that might not be familiar to <laughs> listeners who are less knowledgeable about what web components True, are. True, yeah. So <laughs> maybe we can rewind a little bit and talk <laughs> about web components. What is this thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess riffing off my my shadow root name drop. So the 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 shadow DOM is probably my favorite web components feature. It's what it's one of the two main ones I think. There's custom elements which you can just say I have I have a, a JavaScript class and this class defines how I want this custom tag to work on my page. So I can make my own custom tags, drop them into HTML and as long as like the JavaScript instantiates that tag, uh, assigns a behavior to it all is good. The other part of web components is this whole concept of the shadow DOM. So the shadow DOM is this encapsulated, you can almost think of it as an iframe, but without the bad taste in your mouth. It, it's an encapsulated space where, you know, JavaScript can't easily be pierced in. So you can't come in from the outside and, and select DOM elements in there. Everything has to go through really a well-defined API. My favorite part about the shadow DOM though is CSS. So CSS doesn't pierce through the shadow DOM either. So I could I could have a button in my web component behind the shadow DOM, and I could just style it with a button selector. That's all I need because this button selector, it won't, it won't affect other buttons on my page outside the shadow DOM. So like style is really encapsulated in this one place and it really kind of leads you to just use simple CSS. You can use simple CSS again without having to worry about these large like SAS and less systems just because everything's so encapsulated and just works so well in a tiny scope like that. So those are the two main aspects of web components. Now, it seems to me that web components, at least mm -hmm. in the past, I don't know, you tell me how things are exactly now, but they seem to be in competition with frameworks, with the various frameworks. So various frameworks like React or whatever, Vue, mm -hmm. provide their own mechanism for defining components. You know, if you're working in React, you literally create your own quote-unquote DOM elements, which would have been either, again, also a JavaScript class or more recently just JavaScript functions using hooks. Mm -hmm. So how is our web components different or better than the componentization mechanisms introduced by various JavaScript frameworks. So it depends on who you ask. You know, saying they're better or worse than using a framework, I come from the place where I stopped I stopped my framework explorations with Angular because I felt like I'm spending too much time learning frameworks and dealing with frameworks to get to the actual like like my actual project. And so I had this whole notion in my head, I want to go frameworkless. 
and things were kind of a mess. So Web Components coming along and providing a, a standard way to make components without this massive framework that you need to buy into and you know learn, it's a huge win. But if you already know React and you know, already know how to get things done in there, you might say, well, I, I already have that. I, it's, it's already good to do a lot of things I can do in React I need to add, you know, helpers and libraries onto the, the the basic set of web component standards. So that's why people are kind of saying, well, web components are no good. They're just there. There are a couple different technologies that might make your life easier if you don't have a framework. But you know, I have React and it's all good. So there's a couple different you know points of view coming across there. But the but the deal is too, like if you're a framework author, you know, maybe React someday or maybe Vue someday. I think Angular. It's been a while since I have done anything with Angular, but I think Angular might be adopting this way of making web components because it's standard and all these other frameworks can follow. And just because you make something, a web component with these standards instead of the React way, you know, it doesn't, it, it could be at the base level of your framework and you could be using React someday far in the future and be using web components and not even knowing it just because the, these these components are a standard. They're a standard part of the web. So yeah, two different philosophies. Like you can you can start with you can. I like to start basically. I like to start small. I like to go no framework and then see where I go. Build up, take in exactly all the features I need, and that might mean bringing in helper libraries like lit HTML, lit elements. But the other, of course, like the other one, the other way to go is React, where you have everything there for you. Um, there's lots of documentation for it. And I think that's the kind of the difference these days. When people take a look at web components, they're like, I have so many options. I don't know where to begin. And I think that's a real problem. And I think we're seeing more and more things pop up, documentation, helper libraries that kind of steer you in the right direction. But that's kind of where web components are lacking today. So you said something that makes me want to ask a question because what yeah. you said kind of resonates with how I like to do is just like start. I I, I don't want to like bring something in mm -hmm. until I feel like I need it. So if I wanted to go the web components route, like what is what's kind of like a signal that maybe it's something I want to like, what's a pain point that you've experienced that then you decide like, okay, maybe I want to bring this in. Well, I think the, I think the biggest, the biggest pain point that's been solved by Google's Polymer effort with lit element, basically all the rage these days are declarative UIs. I'm late to the game. React kind of popularized these declarative UIs where you, you have a data model and you render based on that data model. With web components, with nothing else, you're probably doing something imperative. You're you're querying DOM elements and you're saying, do this. Whereas, like I said, with React, you're just rendering based on a model. So that's, and people really like that. I've, I've really started to like that. I can't, you know, now that I've gotten into that mode, I can't see doing anything else with my UI. So that's where lit HTML comes in. It's a it's a templating library that doesn't have the the virtual DOM overhead that React does. It kind of like does this weird thing behind the scenes where it sticks comments in and uh, into your HTML and like like kind of like ugh, hand hand does the differences that way. It's super tiny and super fast, but does let you do this declarative UI stuff. And then, of course, on top of that, if you go lit element extends the the web components API, the standard API, and does some extra things for you in terms of like managing style, just controlling the lifecycle a little more. So these are these are the core helpers that I kind of started using every day now, just because you know I started writing my own helpers for this, and I realized, hey, I'm just duplicating all this work that they did already and better. So. Why not just adopt lit, lit element? I'm kind of I'm kind of grumpy that way. I'm like, I don't want to use it, never gonna use it. And then I start writing my stuff and I'm like, okay, I'll use it. 
Well, at the end of the day, that's the purpose of uh, frameworks to mm -hmm. eliminate some of the boilerplate coding that we would otherwise have to do ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it kind of starts out like you you don't know what you need when you start exploring this space. And you're you're kind of like every every little paper cut you get, like, I need that. I need that. And then it's kind of rolls this big snowball. And you're like, OK, I guess I need at least a helper library, maybe not a framework, maybe just a helper library for now. So just to make sure that I understand LitHTML, and I also posted a link to that, mm -hmm. that's basically sort of mini framework on top of web components, or is that something else? It's it's completely standalone from web components. I would call it a small utility library rather than a framework. All it does is basically you create template literal string, and you can use this template literal string to assign to your, your uh, divs inner HTML. Your div in this case, for my case, is going to be a web component, but it could be anything. And so when you re-render based on changed stuff in your data model, changed, changed variables, it will only render the differences. So it's not going to re-render the whole world inside your inner HTML. It's just going to render those differences. So in that, it functions a lot like React's VDOM. Okay, so oh. that was a, that was uh, what I was going to ask, that it actually is a simple implementation, it sounds like, of a mm -hmm. virtual DOM mechanism for reconciliation. Yeah. And I want to say, like, the, the, the maintainer of that uh, library that works at Google, Justin, he's always going on about how tiny it is. I think it's like something like 2K, so speed, like performance and, and size is just what he's going for. And that's why I think like calling it a framework is a bit too much. Like, I don't think he'd ever call it a framework. He, it's, it's like a utility. So is, I'm looking at the uh, docs for this thing and I get confused because when I look at like TypeScript and ReactScript, it's just, you know, it's just confusing to me. And I, so I see this thing, it's like HTML and then backtick and then HTML inside Mm -hmm. What the heck is that? Is that <laughs> is this like React where it's its own language and then it like spits out JavaScript and HTML? Or is this like a 